Be before I start the message, could you just shut yourself in with God? You know, we it's really hard sometimes we go from uh, prophetic worship and <laughs> then our mic leaves. Uh, then we, you know, we go into announcements and we go into the practical, but we really need our heart to hear what God's is saying to us. So let's just pray for ourselves right now. Lord, we're here because we want to hear from you. We want to grow in our spiritual relationship. God, you know the things that we face, and I ask that you would just help us today to keep growing. I just ask it in Jesus' name. In Psalms 105, from the message, it says, Hallelujah, thank God, pray to him by name. Tell everyone you meet what he has done. You know, in this season where we're really trying to reach out and share the good news with people, it's, it's a real prophetic time. It's a real time where we are doing what God wants. And I was looking back just from some old things I, I wrote down when prophetic words comes about our church and how it's being formed and what God wants to do. You know, and one of the things I had, I had pulled up that I had, we had written had come to us was a house of service inside and outside of the community a prophetic atmosphere. Really, if we don't have God's prophetic presence, if we're not hearing from God, we're just doing church, we're just being religious, we're giving God you know, a few minutes of our time, then we're going off and doing what we want to do. But we, we want to hear from God. We want to adjust our, our life to his life. We want to receive the maximum of his, of his wisdom, his strength, his power. We want our relationship with him to be the best it can be. Um, a verse I feel like goes along with what we're doing. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to reach out to other people. Sometimes I feel like the enemy has us so overwhelmed with our own problems and circumstances and really important situations that, you know, we feel like I don't even have time to think about a, an unsaved person. I don't even have time to witness to someone. In Matthew 25, 34 through 36, Jesus said, then the king will say to those on his right hand, Enter, you who are blessed by my father. Take what's coming to you in this your kingdom, and this the kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry and you fed me, and I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit I was in prison and you came to visit me. I'm just overwhelmed of just what's been going on, the, the outreach to the jails, you know, outreach in juvenile hall. And it just seems like, you know, what God put on our heart is continuing here in this church. And really it's about sowing those seeds and giving people the opportunity. And then um, the scripture in Revelation, you know, Jesus had given uh, John his beloved disciple, the vision at Patmos, when he gave him the book of Revelation. And John says, I looked and behold a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations and tribes, peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. That here we are caught up in our daily life, routine, mundane, and yet we are racing towards eternity. And we're going to spend more time than we could ever think that we would have even on this earth with God. And how many people God wants to save? How many of this multitude that John saw 
is part of our responsibility to share the good news of Jesus, to get people to begin a relationship with Christ, to consider the words that he said, to consider even adjusting their lifestyles to what Jesus commands and and asks of us. Lord, I just pray that you would help us, Lord, in our timidity and the different places that we are to really be others mindful, to be mindful of the people that we could talk to that might be able to come into the kingdom because of our witness. I pray that we would uh, just have a, a fresh awareness of what we do have to share. And I just ask it in Jesus' name. You know, I was really moved also. Uh, my wife likes to watch America's Got Talent. Anybody watch that? Well, this last week where they had that young doctor who was 29 years old sing, and, you know, they were so overwhelmed. Simon really just endorsed him and said, wow, what a gift you have. And then at the end of the show, they they showed that he had been killed in a car wreck just a month later, and I, a month ago, rather. And I thought, wow, but this guy was a Christian, and he, he gave testimony, and I guess everything... Uh, about it was like his family was saying he's with the Lord he was a strong Christian I thought wow what a witness all of America and around the world saw him and uh, seeing that seeing and knew he was a Christian and then you know he he passes who would think a 29 year old doctor who's a a born again Christian and serving God would be taken home at such an early time it just brings an awareness to us that we don't know about tomorrow but who can we influence to be part of that great multitude you know, ready to go and experience the kingdom of God and enjoy Christ. I, I was really thinking today before I, I do my message about how good God is. You know, again, we're bombarded by so many different uh, voices that are demanding our attention and demanding our emotions. And, you know, we can even see a little bit on TV, a little bit of news or a program and think, okay, the world is falling apart, global warning, uh, you know, the ice chips are falling, <laughs> icebergs are falling everywhere, the world is being destroyed, fires, murders, and they get a commercial about buying a new car. And our, our diversions, about, and our, our, we're being messed with, our reality is being messed with constantly by being marketed and sold. Gloom and doom and Negative, and I think our emotions don't know how to adjust really quick. But it's only in coming back to God. It's only in, and I think more and more, if you could just sit quietly before the Lord and say, you know what, I'm totally overwhelmed with life. I'm not even sure what you're saying. But to sit there before him and say, I surrender myself to you, and I want to hear what you say to me, I think there is such treasure in sitting in the presence of God. You know, when you when you sit down and you, you're going to take some time with God, a million things run through your mind what you need to do. And if you could just hold on and just start out with giving God a few minutes and get quiet, God wants to speak to you. You are his agent. You are his servant in this earth. You are the message carrier, you know, that Satan wants to kill you. He wants to take the message out of your heart. He wants to seal the message. So he's going to overwhelm and bombard you with so many different things to distract you and even bring you to the place where you feel like, does my faith even matter? Do I even believe? That's messing with your natural mind. That's messing with your soul. But you have, if you've accepted Christ, you have so much in you that he wants to use. Psalms 136.1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Has he changed? And when our thoughts begin to doubt God, we know who's messing with our thoughts. In Luke 18, 19, 
Jesus said that God is good. And it's interesting, the goodness of God is something that plays out to all of us because he's good. Goodness is the things that he does for us. Goodness is how he represents himself to us in everyday life. We, uh, goodness is, God, is the actions of God that show us he is good. In Psalms 31, 19, Oh, great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you, in the presence of the sons of men. In Psalms 52, 1, the, the second part, the goodness of God endures continually. So the next time you feel like, oh, this is, everything's terrible and I feel bad, remember that God's goodness is enduring, even though your emotions are, are, are not agreeing with that. In Deuteronomy 9, 6, therefore understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stiff-necked people. That even when we, we are condemned in our own mind about our, our lifestyle or you know, what we're going through, God is good even when we're not good. God lets it rain on the just and the unjust. That God knows that we're in process and he continually gives good things to us. He pours out his goodness to us. In Romans 2, 4, Paul the Apostle wrote, Do you despise the riches of his goodness? his forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Are you struggling with something? Hang on. The goodness of God is going to work repentance in your life. You're going to hate the very thing that you hate and it's destroying your life or taking away your confidence in God. I love this quote from Max Lucado and he wrote this in his book, You'll Get Through This. What can't all... What can always see, one can't always see what God is doing. But can't we assume he's up to something good? You know, you could be able to identify some really negative things right now. But can't you believe that he is up to something good? That's a great little quote. In Genesis 50, 20, Joseph said to his brothers about selling him. But as for you, you meant it evil against me but God meant it for good. What are you going through? God, his, his will, the bottom line is that he's working good in your life. Now, I tried to start this message a month ago. It'll be a month Tuesday, and it's time. And it's, the title is, Have You Considered Your Ways? And there's a whole lot to meditate I've been thinking about this for two months, this message. Our key verse is Proverbs 3, 6. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. This is speaking to believers. This is speaking to us. It's saying we need a constant God encounter. And maybe when we're seeking for a God encounter in our natural understanding and feelings, we may not, may not perceive that we're having one, but that doesn't mean we're not having one. Because when we seek to encounter God, God hears it and he recognizes it. And I believe he's working a lot of times in the spirit in such a way that even though we can't identify it, we're, we're setting ourselves up 
to experience something because we are determined to encounter God. Do we do what the world molds us to do? Invite him. Ask him if what you're doing in your way is pleasing to him. A companion verse to Proverbs 3, 6 is always 3, 5. We probably use that more than anything. It's one of Freddie's favorite verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But I was really impressed just two months ago when God just put this on my heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. It makes you start thinking about what are my ways. The definition from the Webster is a road or path, a course of action, a method, a mode of living, a direction. Man, that, that takes into to effect everything that we've experienced in our life from our very beginning of our consciousness and maybe even some things in our mother's womb that started coming in. Belief systems, experiences of life are all part of our way that we have to deal with. In Isaiah 53, 6, everyone is going their own way. Isaiah wrote this, All we, like sheep, have gone astray, born in sin, away from God and home. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God put on Jesus all of our waywardness. Everything that's input to us being diverted and away from God in our thinking, in our attitudes, in our feelings, in our emotions, in our heart, in our spirit. From Adam and Eve's decision, does God really, does God really mean I'm going to die if I eat that fruit? Again, Satan begins to bring suggestions that are counter to the word of God. Satan right now is also working in the body with different scriptures that cause us to doubt God's goodness and God's faithfulness. It's the same trap, the same trick he did to Adam and Eve, getting us to think different about God. Our ability to be stable is relying on what God says, not what our feelings say, not what our temporal visual reality says, but on what his word says, so that we don't start getting into a place where we're doubting God. Because when we start doubting God, we're putting a roadblock and we're, we're putting our arm up saying, I'm not trusting you. The Lord asks us to acknowledge him in our ways. I want you to ask yourself this week, what are my ways? I want you to analyze the way you think, the things that you automatically do, the mindsets you have, the belief systems, the attitudes that you've picked up, because they're part of your ways. And the effect, the way you hear God, the way you perceive God, the way you understand God. Our ways have to do with our will, our human will, our desires, our, our physical desires, our, the things that appeal to our mind, the things that appeal to our emotions. And that can be our, both our heart and our soul. How many times have you gone along and your heart wants to do something, but your soul and that attachment with the world wants you to do something else? Our ways come from our heart, 
and our old nature. Our old nature that has totally uh, been in sin or connected with the world and our heart that sometime before Christ has been uh, polluted by our lostness that when we accept Christ we're born again and God is working that salvation of our soul but he's also cleaning our heart he's, he's renewing and, and causing our heart to be imprinted with the new nature and, and who Jesus is being recreated in us thoughts, beliefs, influences that molded us family of origin, parents, lack of parents, friends, peers, teachers, people maybe you were in the service with, people you work with. I've said this before. I have often noticed that people kind of pick up even uh, the way mannerisms and the way they talk because of stronger personalities and influences that they're around or in the workplace. There's tendencies also that we automatically live out each moment. Ways are inherited, they're chosen, they're copied, even forced. Look at our society. We're constantly being marketed to wear certain clothes, to look a certain way, to buy a certain vehicle, uh, to buy a certain computer or, or phone. My ways are a reaction or a protection in my life. My ways always seem the best direction to choose. Even those of us who walk with God a long time... All, all the time there's things that come up and we don't automatically want to do what God says. Our final choice seems to be the most important. On Tuesday, I was thinking all day, it'd so be nice to have some meatloaf. I haven't had meatloaf forever. I got home, well, I called Dory, was talking to me, and she said, you know, I think about we should have meatloaf today. I should make a meatloaf. Ah, oh, we're in the spirit. So we had things come up. We ended up not getting home. It was too late. So she said, okay, tomorrow I'll make meatloaf on Wednesday. So when I got home, there's a certain recipe I like. My recipe, it's a traditional recipe. Her recipe is a family recipe adapted and made by her mom and her. But her recipe has a lot of cheese in it. It's got a lot of fat. And so I persuaded her to make my recipe. And it was interesting how we just kind of, we bantered over this, you know, on Wednesday. And how, in the simplest way, it brought up like how we have different ways, even in our family, even people we're connected, married to, uh, you know, trust in. There's conflicts that come because people have their own way. You probably see that every day. Everyone approaches a problem in a different, from a different direction. Everyone has a different way of fixing something. Or repairing something. But Joel Prayer has the best ways of fixing things. My ways can be warped because of my fallen nature. My ways are based in selfishness. My ways are often anti-God and subject to this natural life and my natural desires and persuasions. The definition from the Greek of way, it's kind of the same as Webster's being a road or path or course of action a method, a mode of living, or a direction. But also, Strong's brings out a crooked direction. Remember Jack was warning us, the, thing that we, the things that we deal with as Christians, we deal with the world, the flesh, and the devil. These are constant, uh, kind of trying to overwhelm us and distract us from God's way or from 
letting God have his way with us. Sometimes we're afraid of God's will in our life, so we just kind of like, again, put our arm distance away from him and, okay, I'm going to, I love you and everything, but I got this. I don't, I don't want your input. So it can be a crooked direction from those three things. Impulses come from our mind, our feelings, even our physical desires. And they create practices, ways that we're, we're on this familiar path. Um, in, in the Amplified Bible, I love um, Romans 7.23 because it talks about um, how sin gets in our very, um, the appetites of our own flesh. There's, there's pathways that get set up that are ways that get us stuck in addictions and uh, different sins that they become so part of our mind, will, and emotions. They're so much a part of our being. It's, it's a real big challenge to break off in our life. Again, those automatic impulses, too, that come to us. Let me read you some, uh, some commentary on, on Proverbs 6 from um, Adam Clark. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Begin, continue, and end every work, purpose, and device with God. Earnestly pray for his direction at, at the time commencement look for his continual support in the progress and so begin and continue that all may determine in all may terminate in his glory and then it will certainly be due or to thy good for we never honor God without serving ourselves the grand sin of the human race is their continual endeavor to live independently of God and to be without God in the world. True religion consists in considering God the fountain of all good and expecting all good from Him. I think we have to change the way we see His benefits towards us. I think of Balaam, he was so excited to go and talk to Balak. He so wanted to see something happen. And he had also, he was being drawn in that if he would curse God's people, he would get some kind of financial blessing. But because God saw the intent in his heart and his, his desire, he was rushing that his heart wasn't right towards God, that he had that donkey crush his foot against that wall and had his donkey speak. Because the way and the, and the purposes of Balaam's heart were not like God. Matthew Henry comments also on Proverbs 3.6. In all your ways acknowledge God. We must not only in our judgment believe that there is an overruling hand of God ordering and disposing of us and all our affairs, but we must solemnly own it and address ourselves to him accordingly. I think right there he's kind of going along with Adam Clark when Adam Clark is talking about basically we have a real, the world is in, in a real independent state. I would see Christians in America have a great independence where they have this form of godliness, but above all, they have not really surrendered their will and their ways to let God be the Lord of their life. And that's where we, we really miss out on the total blessing of God because we only trust God in part with our ways and, the, and what he wants to do. And so we, we 
I think we live a frustrated Christian life, too, because we're not fully surrendered to the ways of God. We must ask his advice and beg direction from him, not only when the case is difficult, but in every case, be it ever so plain. We must ask success of him as those who know the race is not to the swift. In all our ways that prove direct and fair and pleasant, we must acknowledge God with thankfulness. In all our ways that prove cross and uncomfortable and that are hedged up with thorns, we must acknowledge God with submission. Our eye must be ever towards God. To him we must in everything make our request known. For our encouragement to do this, it is promised he shall direct our paths. I think it really comes back to that place again of humility and submitting our way to God. Really letting him into every area and being willing to also let go of our way. Jesus lets us know what our way is going to be like. In John 16, Jesus says, I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. So he lets us know we're going to have problems here, but we have to believe that we can draw on God to experience the best in the ways in which we are living. I asked Dory to kind of close and do our altar time. Maybe you have some ways that you want to just contemplate, and it's good sometimes just to have time. You could do it in your seat, or you can come to the altar. We're going to do something different. So this wasn't planned at all. I need my, my giants, my intercessors to come up, and I need Bruce Gessick and Jay, a few of the men altar workers. Okay, I need you guys to come up. And I need you to face the congregation. Bruce G., come over here. I'm sort of going to direct for a moment here. Uh, Irene, come between the men here. Okay. Good. Bonnie, good. Huh? Denise, why don't you come up? Andrea, you can come up. Okay. Anyone up here who wants prayer also can have that opportunity. So... I think that um, during the, the prophetic mic time, I had some thoughts of some places that I feel God, I feel like God wants to minister to people in the church here. And I feel like it's a great timing because it's a, it's a smaller group of people. But I just feel like the, the message um, I keep thinking is that God wants to get his house in order. And so it's the local church is a house but then individuals are also recognized as a house. And so I had a number of F words come to mind. Now, these are very positive and areas that I feel God wants to minister to people in. But they were all interestingly started with Fs. Okay, So um, it says if you confess your sins, God's faithful to forgive you. And it also says confess your sins to one another and pray that God will heal you. And so the first one I thought was fear. And I just feel that God wants to really do something with the area of fear for people. And I think sometimes we don't even realize how we're bound by fear. And it says that it's a spirit of fear. 
God, uh, that there's a spirit of fear and that sometimes it helps to have someone agree and pray with you personally to um, get free from fear, areas of fear. Um, maybe you don't think you have any fear. Are you a controlling person? I'm raising my hand because that's one of my struggles. Huh? Anyone who lives with me and knows. Okay, if you're a controlling person, you absolutely have fear because fear and control go hand in hand. Um, and that's why you want to control everything because it's rooted in fear. Okay, so fear. The other area is failure. I just felt like God wants to do something with people who are really battling with places of failure. I don't know what your failures are. You know, failures usually is connected with regrets. But it says that Satan stands before God night and day and accuses people. He accuses the brethren. He accuses Christians night and day before God. So any place of failure that you haven't really let go of or released, you're going to be accused. You're going to be attacked. You're going to come under something where you're not going to live in that fullness of joy or that abundant life. And so these are things that we can just in a moment get right with God. We don't have to grovel before God. We have to come and acknowledge before God places that need to be freed up. Um, Forgiveness. Maybe there's a stronghold of unforgiveness in your life. You know, there's a difference from struggling with forgiveness, but saying, I will never forgive that person. If you have something in you where you were so devastated by someone that you're in your mind, you said, I will never, ever forgive that person. Or you don't want to forgive that person. Or you're blocked. Or there's a lack of reconciliation. A root of bitterness will come into your life. And it will take you out of church. And it will impact your whole family. Because it says a root of bitterness defiles everybody around you. People can tell when you've got bitterness in your life. So fear, failure, forgiveness. And I feel like finances that God wants to do something in finances for some people, that he wants to empower people not only to receive finances. Sometimes we're really blocked in our finances, but we're also blocked in giving. We're blocked in giving and receiving finances. And we have some good testimonies of things that are going on that you're going to hear of God doing really miraculous thing in the area of finances. But maybe you're struggling with finances, and maybe God's trying to get to a bigger issue in your heart. You know, sometimes when we go through things, it's because he's trying to get to something different than what we're thinking. So we're going to stand right now. And you're going to find somebody. We really stopped church pretty early here. Um, And you're going to just let them pray with you. And and God's going to speak to them. I really believe God is going to speak to them. And he's going to just help you to come into agreement. You know, when we renounce things, sometimes we battle things alone and we don't do it with anybody else around. But sometimes we need an opportunity to just have that moment where we're we're interfacing with another person who is saying, I'm going to stand in the gap for you. I don't want you to have to go through this alone. I want to help you get free from anxiety and fear. I want to help you be free in your finances and those things that you carry all by yourself. So we're just going to have some music on, and we're going to take a minute. We're, we stopped 10 minutes early. And you can just find somebody. Find somebody and just, if one of those things rings true, or if there's something different going on for you, bring it before um, someone who's up here and let them pray for you. 
So God, we've just released this time to you right now. And Lord, we want to have an expectation. Lord, it's not just the same old, same old. Lord, every time that we go before your throne, your throne of grace, things happen. Things get unlocked. Things get broken. And Lord, uh, I just pray that each person would, um, Lord, that there would be those that would really respond to you today. Right now, Lord, those that you're speaking to, those that you're moving, uh, something's going on in their heart, and they need they need to see you do something. I just pray that uh, they won't leave today until that happens for them. In Jesus' name.